0: Deutsche Telekom recovers from DDoS, but observers warn there's more Mirai where that came from. Germany arrests an alleged mole in the BFV. ISIS claims the Ohio State attacker as its soldier. San Francisco's Muni hangs tough on ransomware. A new Android malware strain is out in the wild. And Ross Ulbricht's defense team says they've found a third crooked cop in the Silk Road case. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Wednesday, November 30th, 2016. It continues to be a rough week in Germany. Deutsche Telekom has mitigated and largely recovered from the distributed denial-of-service attack that shut down nearly a million customers for a few hours Sunday. But the consequences of the incident are more enduring. Researchers at the security firm Flashpoint have confirmed that the denial-of-service attack was Mirai-based, and they've concluded with high confidence that the incident represented an attempt by the botmasters to increase the number of devices under their control. Thus, the incident would appear to be a skirmish in a criminal turf war. Flashpoint's report says, quote, A natural next step in the evolution of this malware is for criminal actors to decouple the Mirai payload from its spreading mechanism and use a different spreading mechanism. Note the wide geographical reach of the threat. Germany leads infections by a wide margin, but there are also significant infestations in the UK, Brazil, Iran, Turkey, Chile, Ireland, Australia, Argentina, Italy, and Thailand. Many observers have concluded that the incident is related to last week's outages at Ireland's IRCOM. One of the alleged botmasters, Best Buy, who is in cahoots with one Popopret has been chatting with Motherboard to whom he or she or they boasts of the ease with which they were able to wrest control of bots from other criminals. Best Buy also says they're sorry about any inconvenience Deutsche Telekom customers might have experienced. The botmasters really didn't mean any trouble, although if they didn't mean trouble, what in the world did they mean? There was wide speculation after Marai hit Dine in late October that the DDoS attacks were a trial by a nation-state seeking to prove out its ability to take down critical infrastructure at will. That initial speculation hasn't been confirmed, but it hasn't entirely gone away either. German Chancellor Merkel says it's not yet known who the attackers were, but she and other German politicians are clearly looking east toward Russia. For some perspective on protecting yourself against bots, whether they're engaged in DDoS, content scraping, price scraping, scalping, or any of the other things bots get up to, we checked in with Amri Elouz from Perimeter X, a company that specializes in defending against bots.
1: Most people, when they think about web security or online security, still think about a single hacker sitting in front of a computer somewhere and trying to hack into a website. And and that was true 10 years ago. But once attackers moved from being just uh, script kiddies or people that are doing this um, for their ego and to show off their friends uh, into the, the organized crime space, they also started looking into ways to optimize their hacking. So instead of sitting in front of one website for a few weeks to hack into it, they started scripting. Uh, their attacks. So every operation they can do manually, they now automate. They create a script um, and they just deploy that on something called a botnet. And now they can target thousands of websites. So a botnet is simply an army of machines that they control. What are some of the threats that uh, sort of suit themselves to these sort of botnets? The first one is what's called account abuse. Uh, Any website with a user account system meaning a login, create account um, capabilities is being abused by these bots. And I remind you, these bots are completely automatic. So it doesn't matter how small or how big the website, they would just run and try to hack into it. The the second one is uh, uh, brute force. It can be with gift card or credit cards. An attacker would come in because he has now an army of bots at his disposal and he can just try how many times he wants. You can go to the check balance page on a website and just try to put in randomly gift card numbers, seeing if any of them has a balance. Another attack that that lends itself very well to bots is content theft. If you run a website, a commerce website, your competitor wants to know exactly when you start a sale, exactly what price you're selling it for, and what do you have in stock. So what they would do, they would use bots to pull every page, every item, every price from your website, uh, and they'll do it very frequently. So maybe once an hour, and they'll create a database of your entire website uh, without you even knowing that.
0: What are some of the ways that that people who are running websites can protect themselves against these kinds of bots? Today, especially since the
1: IoT botnet, I'm I'm sure you and, and your listeners have heard about that, the big IoT botnet. Oh, yes we are shifting the focus into profiling the behavior of every visitor. So instead of looking at the signature of the request coming in, the IP or the rate uh, that it's coming, we look at the actual interaction of the user with the application. And I'm talking about things like, look at the mouse movements, look at the clicks. If someone is logging into your website, he should be moving his mouse to click on the login button. He should be typing his password. If he's coming from a mobile phone, you should be able to pull sensor information, battery, accelerometer. If you don't see all of that, most likely it's a bot. So once you start looking at the actual
0: behavior, it is very hard for them to stay hidden. That's Omri Elouz from Perimeter X. The other bad news out of Germany concerns the arrest of a BFV domestic intelligence officer. He's alleged to be an ISIS mole who was not only feeding the Islamist group information, but also helping plan terror attacks. His thinly pseudonymous social media activity, jihadist chatter mostly, brought him under suspicion. ISIS has, in its online propaganda, now officially claimed the late alleged Ohio State attacker as its soldier. Investigators have found various statements threatening death to unbelievers and retaliation for their complicity in worldwide disrespect and repression of Muslims. Observer's consensus is that this was a matter of inspiration, not direction, and if so, that certainly fits the common ISIS pattern. Centrally directed attacks outside of the caliphate's shrinking territory have tended to be the exception rather than the rule. In a different case, a young man, Justin Sullivan, pleads guilty in a U.S. federal court to terrorism charges. He admitted to preparing attacks in Virginia and North Carolina. Those attacks didn't come off. His allocution makes for sad reading, disaffection drawing him toward fantasies of others' deaths, which in turn drew him to ISIS online propaganda, once he fell in the summer of 2015 under the influence of ISIS senior recruiter, Janaid Hussein. Mr. Sullivan, aged 20, agreed to a life sentence, the maximum penalty for attempted terrorism. San Francisco's Muni transit authorities hung tough against the ransomware extortionists who hit it over the weekend. The FBI and the Department of Homeland Security have been helping them out, but more ransomware attacks can be expected. The same attackers, who may be Iranian, as there are thought to be significant Farsi notes on the attack server, have been hitting companies in the U.S. for several months. One of them paid up to the tune of $140,000. Veracode thinks the hackers are exploiting unpatched Oracle server vulnerabilities. A new Android malware strain, Gooligan, is out in the wild. A million Google accounts are thought to have been breached. More than 80 malicious apps are involved in spreading Gooligan. The name is Russian for Hooligan, by the way. Call it Gooligan if you want to sound like Ensign Chekhov. And about three-quarters of Android devices are believed vulnerable to rooting by the malware. And a final word on crime and punishment. Attorneys for convicted Silk Road proprietor Ross Ulbricht say there's a third bent cop out there on the case, in addition to the two already collared. He went by the handles Albert Pacino, Al Pacino, and Not Wonderful, and is alleged to have sold Ulbricht information about DEA enforcement actions. The defense team appears to be looking for grounds for an appeal, but no one else seems to be able to see how this sort of alleged corruption, bad and distasteful as it allegedly may be, could prove exculpatory. Allegedly. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. And I'm pleased to welcome to the show Professor Avas Rashid. He heads the Academic Center of Excellence in Cybersecurity Research at Lancaster University. Uh, Professor, welcome to the show. By way of introduction, uh, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and the type of work that you're doing there at Lancaster University? Thank you very
2: much for having me on the show. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, my, my research mainly focuses on two, uh, two areas. One is uh, security of uh, cyber physical systems and the other is human factors in cybersecurity. security. Uh, the two of course overlap and, and very often we look at both kind of technical and, and human aspects of security and how the two come together to create interesting problems and also uh, solutions. In addition to that, uh, within our center At Lancaster, we also work on security of large-scale infrastructures, uh, as well as a number of uh, privacy-enhancing technologies.
0: Take us through some of the the research areas there at Lancaster University. So there are four uh, primary areas of research that we
2: have, uh, uh, the first one being security of cyber physical systems. Here we look at uh, security of critical infrastructures, uh, such as cybersecurity of power grids, uh, water treatment facilities, uh, um, gas plants. Uh, these, these systems are often now connected to the internet or have uh, various vulnerabilities. And we specifically look at protecting these kind of systems. We are also looking at security of the emerging internet of things devices, Another big area of research for us is uh, security of large-scale networks. Here we look at internet-scale networks, including uh, the internet backbone itself. In fact, we have done studies on the resilience of uh, the internet backbone in Europe. Um, and we are also looking at security of uh, uh, emerging techniques such as software-defined networks um, and uh, as well as wireless sensor networks and mechanisms like that. Uh, we do quite a lot of work on human factors in in cybersecurity, studying how the design of systems uh, perhaps impact humans as responses to those uh, those systems, looking at issues of of usability, but also uh, how, um, for instance, the human in the loop may be exploited by attackers by looking at uh, more sophisticated uh, social engineering techniques that attackers might deploy. Um, And finally, we look at privacy in very large scale connected socio-technical systems like online social networks looking at both how we may have more effective privacy policies and their operationalizations in these kind of settings but also how we may do things like privacy preserving, data mining and um, new forms of privacy controls that might be more usable by individuals
0: All right, Professor Avas Rashid thanks so much for joining us we're looking forward to having you on the show
1: That's cyberwire.com slash survey to share your feedback now.
0: And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations.